Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. So we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, we're, we're really trying to get you to see this in, uh, in a way where you understand God's giving you tools to do the work. So we have a pretty cool God who didn't just heap a bunch of laws and rules and stuff all over us and say, you guys need to go do all this stuff, but then didn't empower us to do the work. Instead, we're a God who kind of does all the heavy, we have a God who does all the heavy lifting for us. He goes, just receive it. Choose me. Receive my mercy. Receive my grace. And then I'm going to give you a gift that is so amazing. And it's this, in fact, this gift has the ability to do the miraculous. And he's a person. He's not just a a thing or like a, 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 you know, a nice idea. The Holy Spirit is one of the three parts of God himself, the person of the Holy Spirit. And we get to build this relationship, this intimate relationship with the person, the Holy Spirit. And when we do, we get to use these tools. And the reason we're connecting this to power tools, and you see all these dramatic power tools going on in the the little startup video there, is because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's not just like a handsaw that you could use and it's empowered by you. No, the thing about these tools is they they're all have a source of power. You plug in and it creates this dynamic energy that does, you know, exponentially the kind of work that you could ever do alone. In fact, it's miraculous work when we start talking about spiritual empowerment. So the Holy Spirit has empowered you. And we read last week that uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 that you have a gift, Right? God gave you a gift when you receive Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit. God also gives you a gift, multiple gifts, but he gives you gifts to use for his benefit to build his kingdom, to bring glory to his name. So we're going to be digging in to that. We're going to talk about the knowledge gifts today. Knowledge gifts, words of wisdom, um, words of knowledge, see knowledge, right? Eh? And discerning of spirits. So good luck to Pastor Josh today. You can wish me luck that I get through all three of those. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot. So we're really going to do a high-level fly-through on these. If you really want to dig in and grow, it takes time. And so we want to encourage you to get to our equipping track, our Spirit Life track, learning about the gifts of the Spirit. It's fantastic. Many, many of you signed up for that. And um, you're going to be blessed you did. But they keep going. We do them all the time. You can sign up again. If you missed this round, you can get in. And, uh, and get trained, start growing, and go deeper. But we're going to dig in here. But before we, before we get going too far, we want to recap just a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. There's a learning process that needs to take place as we learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 7. Now to each one, of one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So important points here that... To each one, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, not your spirit, not your great ideas, your thing, but the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself through you with a purpose. The purpose is common good, to bring glory to his name and to build up his body for the common good of the body of Christ is the context that this statement is made. Amen? So we have a purpose. We understand our gift is designed to bring glory to God and build up, bring together the church. Um, Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. And as we skip to verse 10, this is what we want to cover today, is to another the distinguishing or the discerning of spirits. So the distinguishing, 
<laughs> between spirits or the discernment of spirits. Good luck, Pastor Tanner. All right. We're going to get it. Trust me. You're going to get some clarity. It's going to be good for you, good for our church. God wants to activate these gifts, right? And last week we talked about like a gift card. So we got a little Home Depot gift card up here, right? God gave you a gift. He purchased something for you. He said, you need to go use this gift card. And you need to go do it. You need to put it in application. And, and so what we want to do is start thinking about what tool are we going to go pick out to use, Right? Well, we're going to teach you about knowledge gifts and say, hey, maybe that's a tool you want to go after. You should. It's a great place to start. But you've got to use that gift card, the Holy Spirit gift card, and you have to go get it. You need to go pursue it. You need to use that thing. Don't let it sit in your spiritual wallet. There's a lot of reasons why we do this is, you know, it is kind of intimidating sometimes. We think we might make mistakes. We might hurt somebody. We might, you know... Do whatever, and, and, and whatever we have theological breakdowns where we think, well, did the Bible really teach us to do this? Yes, the Bible teaches us to use the gifts of the Spirit. And there is no command, no place anywhere that says that should ever stop until Jesus comes back. All indication, all context, all culture, good biblical hermeneutics says the Holy Spirit was given to us and not supposed to stop. So if someone taught you something different, I'm sorry, they taught you something wrong. And God bless them, I love them too. But anything that says we should disempower the Holy Spirit from moving in our life, this doesn't sound like the Lord to me. Right? We're called the... Now, how we use those gifts, have there been a lot of weird stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can own that. I mean, a lot of weird stuff that probably wasn't the Lord. <laughs> More than probably. But we can, we can identify when it's the Lord. Can't we? We can discover that. By your fruits, Jesus said, by your fruits, you'll know them. We have to pay attention to fruit. When we're activating the gifts of the Spirit, we need to look at the fruit. If it's producing good fruit, awesome, keep going. If it's not, stop. I'm not the smartest man, but, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know what love is. See, Corinthians 13 says, by love, right, it's what empowers us. And when we see love, the fruit of love growing up inside of or out of the things we're investing in, all of a sudden we realize this is the, this is the Holy Spirit moving in and through our life, right? Okay. So we're going we're gonna to dive in here to 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, well, 12, but talking specifically about the word of wisdom, okay? So we're going to jump into words of wisdom. And I want you just to think about this in the framework of, uh, when we first understand what, what wisdom is, we realize wisdom is, is the truth, okay? So wisdom is really the revelation of what is true. What we do with that either makes us wise or foolish. The wise person, the action, the, 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 the verb of Using the truth or using wisdom in your life applied makes you wise. It doesn't make you have a giant gray beard. Okay? It makes you wise. Okay? So you can look wise like the owl on Winnie the Pooh. He seems and acts wise but isn't. Really, he gives foolish advice. The truth is the truth. And it is what it is. And you can apply it to your life and be wise or disregard the truth and be foolish. You get to decide. So when we start talking about 
A word of wisdom isn't wise things you know. It's really a word, a message from God, from the Holy Spirit, for someone else to cause directional change or a shifting of their thinking in their life right now. And it's a special delivery gift, a speedy delivery, right? I won't sing it again, I promise. If you're here for Mr. Rogers, I won't do it again. But I want you to think about yourself self like the UPS guy or the FedEx man, FedEx woman. It's your job is to deliver the package. You didn't order the package. You didn't make the package. You're the deliverer. You're, you're the, it's an exchange from the Holy Spirit, from you, from, from the Holy Spirit through you to someone else. Wow. Pretty cool opportunity. Really fun to use, by the way. Words of wisdom is something I love to be a part of. It's super fun. I care about people a lot. I love to see people grow. I love to see them get breakthrough. And it's really cool to see the things the Lord likes to say to them in the midst of their confusion, emotional struggle, especially uh, I spend a lot of time in youth ministry with young people. And let me tell you, young people need lots of words of wisdom. Amen. We're all like, please, God, send a word of wisdom for my young person. And you're like a young person going, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do next. But the reality is, is we all need to walk in wisdom because wisdom leads to life. Wisdom, the Bible says, is like precious silver. It's like the most choice of, uh, of things you could go after and pursue. Go all through Proverbs, James, just, just absolutely just riddled with all kinds of stuff about how great wisdom is for you. And James says that if you pursue wisdom, God will pour it out on you liberally. Pretty awesome. Pursuing it is the key. When your heart is open and you want to help someone, you say, Lord, what could you do for this person? God will do it. So what I do, just some practical tips about words of wisdom, is um, one, when I'm listening to someone, when I'm counseling with them or whatever, I, I'm listening to them and their story. You need to start with hearing their story. If you're going to deliver a word of wisdom, you really need to take the time to listen to someone's story. Okay? And that creates a framework for the Holy Spirit to really drop something unique into. And, and in this navigational moment where the Holy Spirit will deliver a really cool word of wisdom for them and give them a breakthrough or a shift in their thinking. And so I sit and I listen to their story. And while I'm listening to their story, I begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you have for this person? Do you have a word of wisdom for them? I'm, not, I'm actually beginning to kind of multitask in a sense, listen to them and to the Lord and go, Lord, what do you have for them? I don't want to just give them advice on what I think is right. Because you know what? What's right for one person might not be what's right in a situation for another. And what I've realized, unfortunately, is that God has bigger plans. It's not really unfortunate. It's really fortunate. But it doesn't feel so fortunate in the moment. Is he has bigger plans than my plans. And there are times when my plans are not in alignment with his plans. And when I learn to trust him, he says to some people through me, that are in my ministry, hey, it's time for them to move on or something. And they're like, I think the Lord's leading me to go somewhere else to do ministry. And I'm like, I don't think God's telling you nothing. <laughs> You're listening to the devil, you know. <laughs> if I really listen to the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Lord goes, Josh, you got to let him go. I'm moving them somewhere to do something great in their life that you don't know anything about. 
big surprise. I don't know everything about what God's doing. You know, we wish we did. So sometimes you feel like when you get a word of wisdom, see, it's undermining yourself. But the key here, guys, is this, is that, that you're building God's kingdom, not your own. We're building his church, not ours. And we have to trust him with it. And so a word of wisdom might not always benefit you directly. In fact, when it doesn't, you kind of are onto something. So here's one of the key points I want you to pay attention to when you're delivering a word of wisdom or any gift. You're going to use any of the gifts this applies, is you got to check your own motive. You got to check your heart. Say, God, are you, what's going on inside of here? Am I really trying to, like what Romans 11:36 it says, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Am I trying to glorify you or am I trying to glorify myself? Am I really trying to just bring glory to your name? Am I trying to build up your kingdom or am I trying to build up my kingdom? See, a word of wisdom is going to take and position that person into the exact spot that God wants them to be in for his purpose, his space, what he wants, not what you want. Amen? Sometimes I've had people in my ministry that, or that we're ministering together with, and they're like, man, I don't know, I feel like I need to go, and they're just afraid, or they have anxiety, or whatever's going on, they're thinking they need to move on, and the Lord says, hey, it's not time for them to move. And I get a word of wisdom, boom, right there for them. It's time to stay. And if there's confirmation, man, all of a sudden, that brings life. All the time when a word of wisdom comes, it brings life to people. You've got to look at the fruit. It brings alignment. It brings life. It's, it's very easy to slip from in words of wisdom to manipulation and control. It can happen like that. And you're like, all of a sudden, you've stepped over the fence, and you're, you're doing something or giving advice for your you know, your own benefit or from your own space. Got to be careful. And this is such an exciting space to be in. That if we keep our hearts right, all of a sudden we can just open up and we go, Lord, I trust you with the outcome if you're moving people in or out or over or left or right or promoting them, right? Or, or you're giving them a breakthrough in their life. God, I'm trusting you with that. You're gonna, that's your space. And my job is just to be the delivery man. And I want to be there to do it. I want to be there to just deliver that. There's some key things that I want you to think about. First, you've got to use your gift, okay? If you don't just try, you don't go for it, you're never going to know if you can do it or not. And what happens a lot of times is we, we go, okay, the gifts of the Spirit, all right, there's all these different gifts and many parts. There's all these different parts. Everybody has a part. Okay, and then there's, you know, the hand part, the elbow part, the forearm part, the ears, the eyes, you know, the gifts of tongues and the gifts of healing, miracles, words of knowledge. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's Bob. Oh, yeah, that one's Susie. Oh, yeah, that one's, that one's you know, Ralph or whoever else. You know, you start going on a list. And then all of a sudden, you don't, you're not any of them. <laughs> you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a part, this mysterious part that does nothing. <laughs> okay. Hello. Your job is not just to do nothing. It's to build. This is why we're using power tools 
in this whole series is your job is to construct. You need to learn what, the, what, what it is that God is constructing. And I want to use the Holy Spirit in your gift because you have a gift. You do. You need to pick one and just try it. Just practice it. Just go for it. And you can use any one of these gifts. You won't be all of them, and you won't be the best at all of them, and you need others and one another. But God can use you in any one of these gifts. It can happen. If he needs you and you're willing, it'll happen, right, like that. And you might not be the best or coolest, but I'm telling you, you're going to see miracles happen. Words of wisdom is a miracle, stuff you could never know. Some of the times I'll be delivering a word of wisdom for someone, they're in a tough spot, they're in a jam, and, and I'm listening, and I go like, basically I get to a spot where I go, I don't know what the heck I would do. Have you ever been there? I mean, I've been, I mean, hundreds of situations like this in my ministry life. Got no clue, man. I mean, that's what I'm thinking in my mind, but I look way more confident, and I always have my whiteboard. (laughs) And if I don't know, I just start drawing stuff. Just draw some diagrams, and they go, ah. Well, I'm just going, Holy Spirit, you got to get these guys out of this jam you got to get this person out of this jam. And then all of a sudden he says something, and it's life. And here's the key. If you want God to keep growing you in words of wisdom or any of these, but especially words of wisdom, right when he gives you a word and you deliver it, and they, their eyes are going to get big, they're going to go like, you're the smartest person I've ever seen. <laughs> this is where we go, I'm the delivery man. Look, I, I just want you to know, you got to know right now, I didn't know that a second ago. Somehow that dropped in my mind, and I had the understanding of how this works and what it is, and I delivered that to you, and and it was a word of wisdom from God. Let's glorify him. Let's give him some praise right now. We're going to stop and say, Jesus, it was you. It was awesome, because you care about this person. That feels personal, doesn't it? See, there's a personal touch that the Holy Spirit wants to make in intimacy with people, because in Galatians he says, there's something in our spirit that's crying out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, I love you, I need this connection. The Holy Spirit wants to use you, the gifts, the tools he gave you, to help cultivate that connection. And always should cultivate that connection. And one of the ways we do it is not by saying, it was all God. They're like, I'm pretty sure I saw your mouth moving just a second ago, and you wrote something on your whitey board over there that brought clarity to me. You might not use a whitey board, but I do. A lot of words of wisdom come through whiteboards, apparently. Chalkboards for those of you in the other generations. And then take notes. I just write stuff down. When God gives a word of wisdom for someone, I write it down and I keep it and store it, and then it's transferred wisdom. It might not be a word of wisdom for the next person I give it to, but it is still truth. It's revelation that can change people's lives because it's God speaking in and through you. Very cool. Very cool. All right. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Okay? I just want you to think about trust. Trust, trust, trust. Just trust him to move people around, do what he wants to do in their life, help them grow, grow up into whatever he wants them to do, be, and keep your hands off of it. When you're being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you got to keep your hands off and let the Lord do his thing. He knows best. All right? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, let, let's move on to just words of knowledge here. Words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are, uh, words of knowledge is a fun space. There's a lot of things that can happen in a word of knowledge. But it, the word really means understanding. So knowledge is understanding. You have a deeper understanding. When we talk about a word of knowledge from the Lord, it is not you learning more stuff. Okay? It's not like, well, I have words of knowledge because I went to Bible college and I studied and got my master's of divinity and blah, 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 blah. That can wreck people's lives as easily as it can build them, okay? You have a knowledge, great, awesome. You can keep learning and growing. That's all really, really good. But a word of knowledge, again, is a direct word from the Holy Spirit, something about someone's past or present you could never have known about, except through the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you. Okay, let me give you a, a, a quick example. In John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Jesus is there, and he goes up, and there's a Samaritan woman that comes up to the well, and his disciples are gone, and he starts telling her about the waters of living, uh, of, of life, or whatever, you know, and he's like, there's new waters you don't know of, and it's me. If you drink of me, you're going to live forever, and she's like, what the heck are you talking about? Give me some of that water, and then he, you know, he just kind of flips the whole thing on her, as she's desiring these waters, these living waters, and he, he goes, look, how about you go get your husband to come here? She goes, what? Uh, she goes, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, yeah, you've answered correctly. Uh, I know that you don't have one husband. You've had five. And the one whom you're with right now, he's not your husband. <laughs> she's all like, what the heck? I just met this guy on a well. First time ever seen him. Jesus gets a word of knowledge. And this word of knowledge is exposing some things in her life. It's like opening some stuff up that she, no, no, you know, he obviously, there's no way he could have known. And she turns around right after that and says, it's pretty clear to me that you must be a prophet. <laughs> right? All right, so... What happens when there's a word of knowledge delivered is people's faith begins to rise up. It kind of scrambles their logical mind. It goes around that place of logic and just kind of just nukes it. And you go, whoa, there's something supernatural happening here that no one could ever have known that. The, the deepest recesses of a person's heart a physical illness, a past, something, anything going on in their past, emotional struggles, fears they might be having, doubts they might be having, the Lord can give words of knowledge to speak right into that space. Sometimes, yes, even sin. And like what happened here, even sin. And, but one of the things I want to just point out here is that Jesus is alone with this gal. And he doesn't take her sin and just put it on display for all to see. Because what he does for her here is amazing. It's one, he's talking to a woman, which wasn't allowed. All right? And he says, look, you are important. You're special. And your sin is in the way of the living water, of real life. And I want to give that to you. In fact, I want to take your sin on me. And he gets her all wound up. And she goes, you are the Messiah. I mean, she instantly believes Jesus is the Messiah. It's amazing. And Jesus came 
not to judge and condemn the world, but to forgive it, to take the load on himself and set us free. So always, a word of knowledge that ever exposes sin is going to lead to life. It's going to lead to healing. It's going to lead to health. It's going to lead to salvation. It's going to lead to renewing of strength. And he winds her up, and he sends her back to her village. And she runs back there, and she's like, this guy, he's the Messiah, and he told me everything I ever did. She didn't really happen, but she felt that way. He goes, he's, he's the Messiah. You guys got to go see him. She goes and preaches the good news. Don't you think she's better off, free of her sin, in intimate relationship with Jesus than she was trapped in it? Yeah. So there is a time for words of knowledge to reveal sin, but it's to break someone free, to set them free. Right? It's to move them towards intimacy with Christ, not give, expose them and have them experience all kinds of shame and embarrassment. So we want our church to be a safe place, don't we? And no one is ever going to stand on this stage, and if they do, we're going to take them aside and show them the way more perfectly. Okay? promise you, we will. And expose someone, you over there. <laughs> I won't even point anybody. You over there, right? You've been struggling with this. I'm not pointing anybody, I promise. I know nothing. The Lord is speaking nothing to me. No, I don't, we don't want a place of judgment. We want a place of life. Right? Jesus even didn't even come to judge the world. He came to bring it life. Okay. There's other things that words of knowledge do, and I want you to see this story. This is pretty amazing, is that Jesus in John chapter 1, Jesus is going along, and he finds Philip, and he says, come follow me. And then Philip goes out to get uh, Nathaniel. So he goes and he, and he goes and he finds Nathaniel in verse 47 as he approached Jesus. It, Philip finds him by this tree, and he's sitting under this tree, right? And so they come back, and he says, you've got to check out this Jesus guy. And so they come back, and in verse 47, they approach. Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, talking to Nathaniel, a man of complete integrity. How? Do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. No GPS. There's no predator drones flying around back then, like checking people and seeing what they're doing. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi. Man, like, boom. Teacher, you are the son of God. The king of Israel. That's a big step. He's like, who the heck are you? How do you know me? You're the son of God. Pretty big day for Nathaniel. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. It was so miraculous to Nathaniel, he's a believer. He's like, I want to believe. He's like, boom, it knocked over whatever wall he had to believe in the Messiah. And it was like, cut him loose. The, the, the words of knowledge will set people into a relationship with Jesus. It's a miraculous thing that happens. God wants to use you in words of knowledge. Jesus says in verse 50, he says, do you believe? Even Jesus seems like, he's like, whoa, that was easy. Yeah, he's like, do you believe this just because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree? You're going to see greater things than this. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that you will see heaven open up and angels from God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Woo! 
See, a lot of things happen with words of knowledge. God will give you a word of knowledge about someone's injury, their physical body, their pain, back pain. Sometimes he'll just speak it to you, and you're like, hey, I think, have you been having back pain? They're like, how in the heck would you know that? I don't know. I think it's the Lord. Could I pray for you? Maybe God wants to heal you. Those, those are actually the highest percentage of healings that happen are when the Lord is leading it, not just you see somebody with hurt and all that kind of stuff. It happens too. I mean, faith for healing, it's, it happens. We're not talking about gifts of healing and miracles, word of knowledge. So when word of knowledge drops in, it unlocks faith. So it, when a person's faith goes through the roof, like, whoa, God, you know me? Hey, have you been divorced or have you been hurt or have you, you know, struggled with depression? Have you struggled with, you know, loneliness? This is very personal. It, to them, it's like, Daddy, God, you see me personally. You care about me so much that you just reach out of heaven down through this person, this imperfect vessel, and you, you saw me? Their faith goes through the roof. It's awesome. And then we just speak life and blessing and pray. Many, many, many miracles happen in that space. Amen? Sometimes people will actually feel the pain physically. Man, my hip is kind of sore. And it normally isn't sore. If somebody have hip pain in here, we want to pray for him. He's like, that doesn't happen to me very often. Or actually, let's say never. That's never happening. Um, <laughs> very often. Because I'm expecting it to happen at some point. So right now, it just hasn't very often, I suppose. <laughs> we'll start that frequency up here soon. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Uh, but sometimes people will get those sensations or warmth or different kinds of feeling. This is an experience with the Holy Spirit. How we start just, just playing and having fun with him and letting him use us. And we have that faith. It's going to take risk to step out and see. And then we watch the fruit. If it produces good fruit, you're winning. The body of Christ is winning. People are coming together. People's faith in Christ is being elevated. People are getting saved, healed. Now we're cooking with peanut oil, right? That's exciting. That's a little Duck Dynasty reference for those that watch Duck Dynasty. We're watching the Lord do, doing something good here, and we're a part of it. And it's this supernatural journey. It's exciting. God wants to use you. God wants to activate all these kinds of gifts in your life. you got to get out there and try something, right? you just got to just get out there. Get yourself in a situation where you don't have the answers. This is a good way to do it. And then call on God and say, Lord, can you just give me something to help this person? Because i got nothing. Sometimes in this space, um, you know, God will reveal something to you that you're not supposed to say. Sometimes a word of knowledge is to activate you in prayer. But it's never to cast judgment. So, so if it is a sin issue or it's somebody's in danger or you've got to really seek the Lord and not your gossip train on how, how to move forward in that. This is, this is important because if people start hearing you're talking about them, about some intimate thing that nobody knows, you're like, how in the world do you know about that? 
Good way to shut down your gift of knowledge is start using it in the wrong way. Like in a way that's destructive, okay? I'm not trying to get real scary, but this is important. It's to build up the body, right? It's love. It's, it's to, we need this church to feel really, really safe. If you ever have like some kind of sin issue that you feel like the Lord has given you about someone else, first pray, and then you need to be private, alone, one-on-one, and, and you need to offer it with humility. Hey, are maybe you struggling with this? And I'd really recommend you going through our class. Because here's one of the things you need is accountability. All the gifts need accountability. In fact, they work best in accountability. They work best in submission to authority. They're, they're empowered in the body. Your gifts will grow when you integrate into the body and you submit to the body. And so that means submitting to the pastors, the leaders, those that we've empowered and charged to train and develop and disciple and create accountability. You want it for yourself, right? Don't you want to produce good fruit? I want to produce good fruit. And sometimes, you know, you don't know. You don't know if you're producing good fruit unless someone else tells you. You talk to the people you're prophesying to, word of knowledge to, giving words of wisdom, and you go, hey, how was that for you? They're like, it was amazing. God transformed my life. He did this, this, this. Or not so good. You know? You might need a breath mint before you deliver your word. If you can see your nose here, so can I. <laughs> the way you delivered that, not awesome. Kind of felt a little judgmental. In fact, I didn't have anything going on in my life that you thought I had, and you just sort of called me out in front of a whole bunch of people. And it didn't go so good for me. You know what I'm saying? That feedback is really important. And a lot of, we encourage people to prophesy and minister in, in teams. Twos, right? And... That helps bring that accountability, and there's confirmation, like, hey, I sense that in my spirit too, or, yeah, I don't know, that might be you. One of the things in this space is we're feeling, right? We're sensing what the Holy Spirit's doing, and that's in our feeling center. Guess what else is in our feeling center? Our feelings. And how many of you know those can be weird? They can tell us lots of things, and they can also be really weird. And guaranteed, if you get isolated all by yourself, you're going to get weird. It just happens. When we all get alone, we get kind of weird. And, and, and you don't want to be weird, right? You want to be healthy. You want to contribute to the king. You want to be building, life-giving. This is important for all of us, right? Okay, so make sure you don't get isolated. Make sure you don't get alone. Okay, we're going to shift here to discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits can uh, be perceived in a lot of different ways. And the distinguishing or, or understanding of what spirit is at work, right? Here's my friend Joel. Hello, Joel. Say hi, Joel. This is my signal that I'm supposed to be done. <clears throat> if you're wondering. I'm close. No, you can stay here, Joel. Joel's my friend. Just wait just one second. I'll, I'll, I'll do this one quick. I want you to think about distinguishing a spirits here is this, is we're thinking about the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and then evil spirits, right? This is the most important place that we're distinguishing between spirits is the enemy, the spirit of the enemy. I can sense what that is. In fact, Paul 
these guys are traveling around. This, this gal with this evil spirit's prophesying. She's coming to them, and she's, like, saying all this stuff. Like, Gee, these guys are the sons of the Most High God. They're preaching in the name of Jesus. And he gets so annoyed. It's going on for days and days, and he goes, get out in the name of Jesus. He knew it was an evil spirit controlling this girl, and he helped set her free. It led her to life, led him to life, and led her to life, right? But we also can distinguish between good spirit, the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. We sense the Spirit of God at work in somewhere like, ooh, man, I think that person's a believer. Why? Because we can distinguish between spirits. There's sometimes we get into some wacky places here. We start naming spirits in people. Like it's our job to judge the spirit or find that little spirit. I know that person's got a spirit. I know its name. And my job is the discerning of spirits is to know all the names of all the spirits. That's not the gift of discerning spirits, okay? That's, again, weird. And we start labeling people. Like, I just found some places where they name all these spirits, like Pasa, the spirit that causes women to go into prostitution. I, I don't know, maybe. But my job is not to find that spirit and then go talk to him and go beat him up or you have that spirit of Pasa, I know. The spirit of Amy, which causes babies or children to become witches. I don't know. Like, like people make stuff up. I don't know where they get this stuff. The spirit of Chabot, the spirit that causes people to enter into sexy dancing. Keep going, Joel. You're working it. You're doing good over there. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's weird. Does that spirit exist? I don't know. I, in the book of Job, it says, look, we're not trying to mock a bunch of spirits here because we know there's real demonic forces. There's real stuff going on. Don't be a fool. And don't be a fool and go engaging all these spirits like as if you know their names. When I find you, I'm going to find you everywhere and I'm going to catch you at everybody I can find. And then what also happens is, especially with this term, the spirit of Jezebel, this is so toxic in the church. As we draw a circle around this rebellious spirit, and especially we like to put this on strong women. We say, oh, I have the discerning of spirits. I can tell you have that spirit of Jezebel because you are a leader. And all of a sudden, women think, well, I don't want to lead. I don't want to be strong because somebody's going to think I have the spirit of Jezebel because they have the discerning of spirits. God didn't give you a gift so you could put labels on people and cause them to shrink back in the kingdom. That's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't empower sin, okay? And he doesn't empower the limitation of his people. He doesn't label people and control them with these names and things. And your job, if you have the discerning of spirits, is not to go around with every bad kind of little feeling and hiccup you've got, and you think, oh, that's this spirit and that spirit on somebody's somebody. And you go figure out and name all these spirits, and then you try to find judgments and cast labels on people. That tears down the body of Christ. Doesn't build it up. That causes everybody to be terrified and think, can I ever do anything? God wants you to lead with confidence, lead with strength, lead with power, lead with his grace. And if you're a strong woman in this church, lead with power. 
and no one's going to call you a Jezebel, or I'm going to take them aside and show them the way more perfectly. That needs to be over. That needs to be done. Can we just break that kind of stuff in Jesus' name? We need a safe church. But the discerning of spirits is really powerful. God, is this you, or is this the enemy? In this decision I'm making, in this this person that's coming in or whatever, you can sense an evil spirit. I was on the street doing a bunch of witnessing, and then we walked up on this person that we were witnessing to, and the person I was with, we were like, boom. I mean, we felt that demonic spirit. We knew what we were dealing with. And I don't know what spirit it was, but it was the spirit of the enemy. That person did not have Jesus rolling around in there yet, clearly. I mean, we felt the Holy Spirit fall like power. I mean, it was amazing witness, preach Christ to them. They're squirming like, I'm like, whoa, I didn't ask him his name. Didn't really care. Trying to get him saved. All right. God wants to use you in your gifts. He says eagerly desire them, pursue them, go after them. You got to activate them. You got to use them. You can't just sit on them. Don't leave your gift card in your pocket. Word of wisdom, you want to use it? Get started. Just start practicing and, and look for the fruit, words of knowledge, and let God do something incredible through your life. Can you imagine? We just all start stirring up those gifts, and not just like Pastor Lee preached an amazing message about the spheres of influence we can minister in. Not just in the church, not just this one little space, like we call it the pulpit, wherever that word came from. This space right here, we say this is where all the gifts can happen. No. Gifts can happen everywhere, anywhere. In fact, God wants them to happen everywhere. He set you on fire with the Holy Spirit to go use them everywhere you go. Now let's go activate some of these gifts. You know who it freaks out the most? People that don't know Jesus. That's the most fun. That's the funnest place to go minister the gifts. Is where people are like, you're crazy. How could you ever know that? Like the woman at the well. Because God knows you. He sees you. And that's where that chasm between heaven and their heart just gets breached. And boom, they're saved. It's amazing. God wants to use you. He wants to activate your gift. Before we go, I just want to pray just a blessing on you. If you want more, you want to be activated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just take a second. Just turn your hands up to heaven. We've got some time. We've got time. we still got time for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just invite you right now to fill us up. Lord, we want more of your Holy Spirit in our life. God, we're desperate for an outpouring of your Spirit. God, we just ask and invite words of wisdom to increase in our life. Gifts of knowledge, words of knowledge to pour out in and through my life. Come on, ask Him. Fill me up. Help me, God. I want to be activated. Activate me. Not just the person next to me. Activate me, Jesus. Use me in words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Give me discerning of spirits, God. Use me however you see fit in whatever circumstance. Increase my faith. Give me eyes to see the opportunity, God. Give me faith to take a risk to step out in Jesus' name. And God, we break this destructive spirit that casts judgment and blame and labels people. We break it off our church forever in Jesus' name. May no more labeling, no more isolating, no more destructiveness, God. We just break that in Jesus' name. We pray for love to rise up, God unity to be our bond. God, love to be the thing that knits us together. God, let this be a safe place, a safe church of challenge and growth and and movement forward in your spirit. We love you. We praise you, God. Above all, let our gifts bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbottloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.